welcome to episode four of Football Bloody Hell. I'm Matt and I'm joined by Gary. How are you, Gary? I'm good, Matt. Thank you very much. How are you? Yeah, all decent, all decent. I was going to go with the joke that ChatGPT um, wanted to give me there, but it's it's absolute bollocks. So I, I want to save embarrassment <laughs> and not actually say that one. So, yeah. <laughs> yeah. Just prolong the embarrassment throughout the next 40 minutes. Yeah, that's it. Rather than that getting exactly it out of the way. <laughs> How's things? Yeah, decent. Chilled, just very sweaty. Far too hot. Far, far too hot. Proper British problem, isn't it? Yeah, it's either Sweaty, too cold or too Enjoy hot. the heat. <laughs> I don't know. But I'm in the same box room as I always am, and uh, I've managed to keep the door open, so it's ventilated. I know you're suffering, though, so... Yeah, I'm suffering. But it's, it's mad, because my um, my office face is north-facing, so it doesn't actually get the sun. But I think it's our, mm. how our house is built. It's It keep in, keeps all the heat in. So, yeah. It's fun. And if I opened the window, you would just hear like building site outside. So yeah. Yeah. I can't open I'm the, the same window. though. Like yeah, like my, like I've been living here for two years now, but it's 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 a massive site, so it's uh it's very dusty all the time. And if anybody's still listening to this after that, uh we are still a football podcast. Yeah, we are yeah. going to talk about football. <laughs> We're not gonna talk about north and south face and houses or as much as uh, I would like to. But yeah, we are still a football, we are still a football cast, uh, and it is still football bloody hell. Yeah, we, we haven't changed. We're good. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, but what, we're the only what? two. No, 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 no. I was going to say though, we're the only two people who probably about two months ago were like, yeah, let's start the podcast. Start it a month later, as all of the football has stopped. So I say all the football, I know we're a widespread podcast and we're going to talk about all the different leagues, but in reality, a lot of the conversation is based on our domestic leagues. Yeah. All of that has stopped now. Yeah. So yeah, Domestic leagues have finished, but yeah, there's still internationals, there's other bits going on like that we're going to touch on. Um, but yeah, transfers are some of the biggest things we're going to talk about, I think, today. Yeah. Um, transfers are going to be an issue. An issue? No. <laughs> A topic rather than an issue. <laughs> Straight into uh, the Sheffield Wednesday mindset, it's going to be a problem. <laughs> yeah. Do you know what? It's been really refreshing. Like this season, this season that we're coming into, I'm going to say this season started already. It's only been finished about two weeks, but as a Sunderland fan, like we've wrapped up six deals. Two of them, or three of them were contracts. Two of them were contracts. No, sorry, yeah, two of them are contracts. So Dennis Serkin's just signed a new contract. Trey Hume has just signed a new contract. Keeping them here for, I think it's past 26, 27. And then we've signed three, I mean, unknown quantities, really, but we've signed Triantis, I think it is, from the Australian League, who looks an absolute baller. We've just signed... um, guy called Semedo from Benfica's Youngsters. He was released and signed him on a free Portuguese wonder kid. And we've just signed the biggest Bellingham. Uh, I mean, it's up for debate, really, which is the better of the brothers, but uh, we've just signed Joe Bellingham as well. So our recruitment are literally playing football manager, (laughs) but in real life. And it's the best, like, it's it's a Sunderland fan, and if there's any Sunderland fans listening, no, like, it's, it's Unheard of 
to have us have that much transfer. And I'm classing contract renewals for like key players as transfer business. But to have five or six deals done before the midpoint in June is just unheard of. So I'm loving it, me. That's proper early. Yeah, proper early. Loving it. Like we've signed what about most of our key players on who needed contract extensions on one year contract extensions. So like Barry Like Bannon, who? Barry Bannon, Gregory Iorfa, Liam Palmer, Josh Windass, you know. Those sort of uh, one year contract uh, extensions. Then we release seventeen players uh, and then we've done nothing else. <laughs> nice. So but, uh, Yeah, we got an aging think... team with Yeah, no signings. I think we look yeah, at Yeah, but Darren Moore said Hey? Yeah, didn't Darren Moore say that they were, they were looking at youth players though? Well, not like youth players, but like younger yeah. signings. We are looking at younger, younger players, hopefully to sort of back up our aging team. I think it's more going to be loans, personally. Mm, I think keeping your key players is, uh, like I say, it's, it's like transfer business. Deal. But a lot of, a lot of those contracts though, mm. they'll have been. I, I don't think Gregory would have left. I don't think Bannon would have left. Because the amount of money they're on at Sheffield, realistically, we're going to have to take a pay cut if you stayed in League One. And they probably would have been pushing, thinking that they would have got championship deals, maybe. Some yeah. of them would. Yeah, that's true. But realistically, they've probably just been holding off. And the club's probably said, look, we'll offer you something once we know where we are. So a lot of them, although they would have had like a year left or something, that could pretty much would have been signed up again, regardless where he's were. Yeah, that's true. That's true. Speaking of trans, speaking of transfers, though, I know it's 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 old news now, but Messi into Miami. Now, I know why he's gone to into Miami because of obviously the David Beckham links is quite a big. It's I say, I say, it, it it is all for show, isn't it? At the end of the day, because into Miami are bottom of the league. They they are genuinely shite. Like. <laughs> it's not, it's not, not like they're, they're actually a good team. So is it, mm. I think it's like connections. And I think he's, he promised, I think there was something in it about promising to go to the MLS with David Beckham or something like that. Because it's obviously David Beckham's team, isn't it? Yeah. And, I don't think any of the, I don't think any of the team in the MLS, I mean, probably would have taken them, but I don't think would have pulled them. Uh. Maybe, maybe not. I mean, LAFC potentially the team that won everything mm. last year, but it, it all depends oh. on that designated player spot as well. Like, can they pay him enough? Can they put him into a designated player spot that's not been fulfilled already? And can well, obviously, they can all pay him enough. Like all those mm. teams can, to be honest, because they all chip in. It doesn't quite yeah. work the same as a traditional European league. So yeah, like. It's, it's, if, if it wasn't for Football Manager, it's creeping into these podcasts now, but if it wasn't for Football Manager, I don't think I would have had as much of a grasp on the way their transfer works because of the salary, like you're saying, like the salary crap, uh, cap and designated players and stuff. But even still, like it still confuses the life out of me because they're owned by the league. And then, yeah. the, then you have the draft and stuff. And it's just, it, it, it's good. But it's it's it well, baffles us when you get stuff like this because I can't see how like a team like I don't know who's who's around the area like what we've got Chicago Fire Toronto like all those teams well anybody in the league they've just went and signed 
messy and they're paying for it. And you're kind of like, well, I'm paying to have him play against us. Like, it just, I just can't wrap my head around it. Yeah, I think it's more to do with, like, to bringing up the exposure of the league. The thing is with the MLS, mm. they are taking on a lot more traditional um, things. So there is a lot of transfers in there now, like gen- normal transfers, as we would see transfers, if that makes sense. There is yeah. a lot more of that happening. They do a lot of player swaps, which isn't mm. uncommon in like Italy and things like this. Um, the draft, the draft isn't as big as you think it is in the MLS. I watched yeah, it. Yeah, I know it's, it's nothing. Com- I, I think it when you think it would, it's not that a lot of the MLS teams now have like a full reserve team, youth team set up all the way, like a player pathway rather than a draft now. But mm-hmm. I think it all stems from that sort of college system that's like embedded in the US. Like people at a certain age will go to college, and then if they play at college, then they do get drafted into the MLS. But then at mm. that point, they're around 21, 22 already, and they've not had the training or facilities of these MLS clubs coming through the player pathway. So you'll probably see mm. less of the draft picks actually making an impact in the MLS. A lot of them play in there like second teams most of the time some of some of them do make an impact but like maybe in the past now you're probably going to see players play at the academies and go through the player pathway more often or they're going to be from south american countries which is they're, they're littered in the mls full of like talents from brazil argentina colombia ecuador yeah. like all these countries like they tend to leave their national leagues at a young age and go to the MLS to get more exposure and then get a move to Europe. Yeah. There's players like Brenner who plays for Cincinnati and yeah. things like that. Yeah. When you look at the, the Messi, I don't know, I just find it a baffling transfer because I thought there was a, um, a thing where there was a deal in place for Inter-Miami to sign him and then potentially be loaned out to Barcelona. Like I saw, it's 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 rumors that I've seen. It's yeah. not like anything like a major outlets reported or anything like that. Well, but it's just it's weird. The 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 sacked Phil Neville, which you get what they've won. For, I'm looking at it now. They've won five games of seventeen. Not drawn a game. They've lost twelve yeah, out of seventeen been, games. Yeah. I mean, as a franchise, it must be. I I don't understand it. I do, I don't get how they're. Working and I know there's David Beckham brand behind it and that kind of thing. Obviously, signing Messi is going to be really good for them because I think overnight they got four million extra followers and then the shirt sales alone from and, a PSG decoded in there. But I'm not yeah. sure how that will. I mean, he's he's a great player, but he can't carry a team if they're not very good players in the first place. I want what what does he get from it though? Like other other than money, which I, when you when you're his level and when you're I don't know when you're a superstar like like him, like Ronaldo, and then you've got like the other names around him, like like Ibrahimovic has obviously just retired. He's a massive name, massive pull. Like, what's he getting from going into Miami other right. than money? And when I think of it, it's like, w- like why has he gone there? Like, I, it, I think the other alternative is for salary. He's thinking. Well, you'd think the only teams that could really compete with that kind of money now is the the Saudi league, which we'll get into. But I don't know. I just thought more of him. He could have I, went back to Barcelona, but he, he's went like, into Miami. I feel like it's there's there's a couple of things that might have been played a part in this as well. Is 
there's a big South American sort of following and culture in Miami, um, in mm. the actual city itself. Um, also, he's closer to home. Mm. And he's getting to that sort of retirement age. And like I said before, there's a lot of like young Argentinian Brazilian players that go through the MLS. So it may be a uh-huh. sense that he feels like he can impact his national team by going and playing with some of these younger younger Argentinian players who are going through the I wouldn't be surprised if Inter Miami started signing some young Argentinian players to play with him. Yeah. Um in that sense. Maybe and it might be Yeah, maybe if this that and and also the US have got the World Cup in the next World Cup that's coming up as well. So mm. for the US, but also for him, if he wants to play in the next World Cup, which I imagine he will, um, mm. it's going to be quite a big thing, sort of being in yeah. that area. He's sort of moving football away from Europe. Yeah. Trying to move well, it back the first to like, time America I saw... and North American, all the Americas as, as a sense. It's the first time that both Messi and Ronaldo have been outside of Europe playing football. Mm. Yeah. And what you said but as get, well like, with we... the loan back to Barcelona, I wouldn't be surprised mm. if that happened because the MLS is a summer season. So when mm. they finish in sort of what, it must be like October sort of time, then I wouldn't be surprised over that sort of Christmas period till about February, you might go on loan to... Barcelona. Barca. We'll see. I just hope there's more to it than just money. Like, and just because, like, like I say, I get the commercials behind him, but what he gets from it, I just hope it's not just a. I hope he does actually like light it up in the MLS because it'd be, you know, it's kind of soul sucking, soul draining to just see another player just like because he doesn't need money. Like, he's got mm. like generational wealth. His grandkids, grandkids will probably live off his money, but. Yeah, never mind. But that that brings us on to another thing as well. Like with the uh, the Saudi League now, it, to me, it's yeah. just screaming out like a, a, the Chinese Super League on steroids again. Yeah, it's just that, but but like amplified plus like times ten because the money that's getting thrown around. Like there's yesterday, I don't know if it's official. Maybe it, by the time we recorded this, it's like a done deal. But Ruben Neves. £47 million. He's in his last year of his contract and he was touted for Man United or flirted with the idea of Man United for the past couple of seasons. Wolves need to sell, but they've given £47 million for a guy who's in his last year of his contract. God knows how much he's on. Conte, who is like, I don't know, he's, he's, he could, I, I thought like Chelsea would want to keep him. I know he's been injured, but like, he's a quality player, but he's gone out there and then, I don't know, like, what's your thoughts on it? Because I just think it's it's bonkers. Yeah, it, it screams to me like the Chinese Super League. Do you remember, like, when Oscar moved from Chelsea to the Chinese Super League? Yeah. And, like, he was in sort of and his Ramirez, prime wasn't well. it? From and Ch- it was a bit strange that he went there and then he just disappeared and he's not really done anything since. Mm. And you think, like, I don't know if Neves going there is a good idea for his career. But... But again, like I think, what's he? Well, he's in his thirties, right? So he's what thirty-two, something like that. I'm not too sure. How old he is. Let's see, yeah. Ruben Neves. But for him, I'm just trying to see how old he is now. Uh, he oh what God, I'm miles off. Apparently, he's only twenty-six. Yeah, yeah, he's not old. I, I 
I suppose, like, again, he's, he's one of those players who's been around forever, hasn't he? So you just assume yeah, he's yeah. older. But that's even worse then. So he's 26-year-old and he's going over there. Like, it's just a money grab and you think, I know they need to prolong the careers because next, like, he could go out there and break his leg in his first game. Like, touch wood, nothing mm. like that happens. But it's just, it's just like a money grab and you think, my God, man, like, what a waste. And it's not because I'm worried about Oh, the the top talent of Europe or around the world and aren't going to be playing in the Premier League. I couldn't give two monkeys about the Premier League, like over the the Saudi League. Who cares? But it's just like it just seems like madness. It kind of I don't know. It, it, well, it, yeah, it, it, that that amplifies the reasons that you can quickly disassociate from football because it's just mental. From clubs now who like Chelsea, who need a clear out. It's basically, again, it's adding a new manager on football manager and you see him save and just buying all of the people who won't leave because they're on ridiculous money to get yep. rid of them. And it's just they're out now. And good luck to all of them, like Benzema going over there with Ronaldo. And it, it is going to grow the okay. profile. But realistically, is 10, 10 players like super, like if, is, is Ruben Neves a superstar? I don't think so. Like they've obviously missed out on Messi. Benzema's a big name, probably in his prime. He's done everything like him going there. I can understand because it's like yeah. the alternative is the MLS. But if they're going to offer him ten times the amount of money, probably over the course of his contract, of course he's going to go there. I think as well, like you'll see, like the MLS is becoming less of a retirement league as it gets mm. older. It's becoming more of a a lot of younger players and a lot more dynamic, and it's quicker pace. So they probably yeah. looked at it in that sense and thought. Like I know Lorenzo Insigne moved there like a couple of years ago, didn't he? And he's not yeah. set world alight, to be honest. No. And I think he struggles with no. the, the pace. He he did score a worldie like last week, but like, like, he, <laughs> he, but then he's not like sort of like, like set it alight yeah. as such. Yeah. Um. So maybe they thought on the well, we'll get more money if we go to the Saudi league, and then it's probably easier as well. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, I just think Neves is one of those names where, you like, and maybe even Conte for for maybe that's why I'm getting their ages mixed up. But like, even with Conte, Conte you think, yeah, like, Conte's thirty-two. Just seems like a waste. It's thirty-two just seems like a bit of a waste of a of your career to go out there. But then again, if who who am I to judge? He's on millions and millions and millions now. Yeah. But Wolves need the money, so there's probably no real loser in it I just I don't know I don't know how I feel about it really I just think yeah. if it continues because it's obviously backed by the kingdom of Saudi Arabia like uh it could just I don't know it it, it, it might be just a bit of a toy for them to play with and then go oh, actually we're not interested anymore just stop playing yeah. I feel like it might have the same fate as the Chinese Super League sort of thing where they sign all these big money players and then all of a sudden the money just stops well, the money won't stop, but like I think it's more more chance of the people getting bored than the money stopping. To be honest, yeah, yeah, before because they ain't got to regulate it like the Chinese league was, but no, never mind. I think that's probably missing one of the biggest stories out of it in Jude Bellingham, yeah, going, going to, to Madrid. Madrid. And I've got a old school Madrid shirt behind me for that. Oh, <laughs> who's the first player you think of when you see that shirt? What, well, what year is got, that, really? Just for anyone. That one's got Roberto Carlos on the back. See, I, I don't know why, but I was thinking, like, Soldado, but that's not his name, is it? The right back. Hmm. Or, it is a Soldado. Yeah. And then I was thinking Raul, 
Yeah, Raul. Morientes. God, list of players unbelievable. So Bellingham then, do you think, what do you think? Do you think the money is going to be too like heavy on his shoulders or do you just think it's going to be duck to water? No, I think he'll be great, personally. I think whoever got him would have been fantastic. Mm. And the same for I think the, Madrid have started building a quite a young team, haven't they, as well? If you look at their yeah. side, they're they're quite a young side, so I think he's gonna fit in quite well. Yeah, yeah, like there was always kind of thoughts about Madrid and you look at like I mean, Modric is staying there, Tony Crows is still there. You've got to imagine that they're either there for to I mean, they're there to play. They're not going to just want to sit and ride the bench for the season. But in terms of strength and depth, they've got like Tuchimane, uh Kavaminga, Jude Bellingham. There's just like three like top class, well, or like top young talents. Yeah. Who could just walk into that any team in that league, really. And then you backed up with Cruz and Modric. And then you think like, up top, like obviously they've lost Benzema. And I still think they're in the market for a striker. Whether or not that's Harry Kane, I don't know. I think he's going to stay at Tottenham personally. I don't yeah. think anyone's going to pay the amount of money that they want from him, uh, that, that Tottenham want for him. But then Madrid's squad seemed to be really old. And then all of a sudden, with a couple of few signings, you look at it and you go, actually, the, like the average age of it's massively Shot dropped. Down. I know they've just signed yeah. Hosselu. He's gone under, un, uh, unnoticed. He's gone back to Madrid on loan um, from Espanyol, uh, which I, I'm baffled by. Like I can't believe Hossolu's back at Real Madrid, but <laughs> he done he, he done well at uh, Espanyol last season. So, but I think for Bellingham, there was no other choice. If if Real Madrid comes in for you, you're going to Madrid, and mm. I know Liverpool have been flirting with the idea, and I think he would have been. It would have been amazing to see him in the Premier League, but I think at some stage he will be in the Premier League. So I think it's just a matter of time. Yeah. Probably he's on a swap deal with um, <laughs> Haaland to go the other way. <laughs> but yeah, I think. Yeah, Madrid with, are looking Bell- scary, like with with their yeah. like Vinicius and then Rodrigo as well, and then Federico Valverde. Mm. Like, you yeah, Valverde's the other player. It's just, just think, it, I mean, yeah. Madrid are the. They've got to be winning the league. Like they can't be, you can't spend that much. I know that's their model of the Galacticals, but they've got to, they've got to be winning that league. Yeah, you would you would think so, wouldn't you? You would think so. Yeah, but then all of these, like one thing that I don't enjoy on the outside, like on the at the end or the the end of the domestic leagues, is just the constant paper talk of like nothing deals regardless if you're involved in them like I'm bored of hearing about De Gea like De Gea like oh, who's yeah, he going to stay lining up a deal for Pickford like it's, it's, I mean they've got to keep people and it's like this and it? it's got what people talk and keeps people interested so I get it but then the only deal that I'd be interested in I, I know it's going to drag on and drag on is Declan Rice because I yeah. thought it was pretty much a done deal for him going to Arsenal what was it like 80-90 million or something in add-ons but I've just got a feeling that this is going to be one of them where it just drags on and on and on and nobody gives a flying you-know-what yeah, about. They, people are just like, oh, get it over and done with. We've, we're bored of it now. But I feel Imagine like being in, a... in the summer, like usually, Man United, I swear, are linked with every month, every <laughs> player and their dog, their grand. Like, it could be someone's mentioned someone on Twitter for like, like twice, and they're linked with Man United. Like, and you think, <laughs> mm. 
and it, I just get bored of it. <laughs> I really oh. do get bored of it. Here's a bit of breaking news for you. Yeah, go unplanned. For it. Uh, Gary O'Neill and Bournemouth are part of company. Oh wow! As of surprised by that. As of eight minutes as of eight minutes ago. That is literally breaking news. Then. It's all literally about breaking news. Uh, Brendan Rogers has just signed, returned to Celtic. As well, yeah, so, I think that's good for him. I think it's good for all of them. He, he was amazing when he was there before. He left at the first opportunity. He went to Leicester. I know he won the FA Cup with them, but then slowly, obviously, pilted out, and then inevitably ended in there. Although he wasn't there for it, but ended in their relegation. But I think him going back to Celtic makes sense. They've got a decent squad, and it, I think I'd probably put Celtic as favourites to win the league yeah. now. Regardless of Beal and some transfers and stuff, but I can't believe Bournemouth just sacked a. Well, it says it, it says the parted company. Oh right, okay. It says we're parted company with head coach. It doesn't say mutual. Oh no, it's sacked. There's the, it's changed. It's come up O'Neill sacked by Bournemouth, which that I makes that me think bizarre. they probably got somebody in line. I really find that bizarre. It was he wasn't he on the contenders well, there, of like manager of the year for the Premier League. Yeah, he was. But then again, is this the same thing that I had with Parker? Where I know he hasn't come out and publicly criticised the club, but as he had words behind and yeah, said, Look, we need likely. this, we need that, and they went, see ya. They are quite heavy-handed like that, aren't they, sometimes? When wow. it comes to that well, there's our first... We've, we've caught our first breaking news story, yeah, Matt. Yeah, there yeah. we go. Total fluke. And with <laughs> that, should we take a break to recover so, and recuperate yeah. from that shocking news? Yeah, let's take a bit of a break. And then... Um, well, yeah. We'll um we'll what what we're going to talk to afterwards? What are we going to go on to? We've got anything interesting. We're going to talk about the internationals, I think. The so yeah, we'll go for a break and then brace yourselves for some international insights. Indeed. International footballs, Matt. Yeah. International football. Do you love it or are you hit and miss? <sighs> I don't know. I don't know how I feel about it. When it when it's the actual competition or the tournament, I'm 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 in and. Yeah. The more your team progresses, the more excited you get. So as England progress through the semi-quarters, semi-finals, finals, get really, really excited. But the qualifiers, but even before the qualifiers, this, this, oh, the, the Nations League, what a waste of time! It's boring. It's so would... boring, and it's a way of making friendlies more interesting. But mm-hmm. like the the final was played what was it last night and it was I, I, I didn't I don't know the highlights Spain. I just saw the result it was Croatia and Spain I know I know the result it was uh, penalties I believe so, did Spain it win on penalties it. Spain won on penalties five four yeah there's nil nil it's like oh what dross what a time to play it like all like such a long season we've had a World Cup in this season seasons have been like really grueling players have just finished the season and they go off ship that like you can't tell me that that was played with like intensity it's just an absolutely pointless competition to keep people interested i would rather waste they time. did something like that though than have pointless meaningless friendlies because that's what they've replaced i don't know i just think a friendly is i know there might be there's, there's not a trophy at the end of it but like i just a friendly is obviously where the international coaches get an opportunity to like play their new players but Gareth Southgate ain't going to play new players. He's playing mm. Harry Maguire. And I like Harry Maguire. I'm liking to Harry Maguire because I get told I look like him. So I'm going to stick <laughs> up for him. Because the better he plays, the better the reaction is for me. But like, with, with, he shouldn't be in the team. No, he, he shouldn't be in the team. 
But then, as, as I'm saying that, as I'm saying that, uh, what what's the lad from? I can't pronounce his name. I don't want to pronounce it wrong. But I'm going to. Is it Gay or Gay or whatever? Yeah. yeah. Like it's his international debut. He's bound to be nervous, and then the commentators are digging him out, saying, "Oh, he looks nervous." It's like, of course he is. He just put on his <laughs> England shirt for the first ever game, and oh, he's nervous. He's put a few straight passes in against Malta. It doesn't matter we, who's we in front of him. He's on the international like, stage. You're human. Like, at the end of the day, oh, my word! Like it's just uh, that's what I mean. Like uh, it's a qualify. I, I get that that's not friendly. It's a qualifier game, and but it may as well be a friendly when you're playing Malta. Like no disrespect, but it's just. My God, like the I don't know. There's no way around it because it has to be done to get to the tournament. But then I, I don't know. I don't know if it's just the English thing where the press are really heavily critical of it of the team, and and the fans are like, there's me being included saying Maguire shouldn't be in the squad. But then I, I don't know. I watched the first half and I fell asleep, not because of the game. I was tired anyway, but I watched the first half and then fell asleep just as they were walking off the pitch and I woke up the following yeah. morning and I refreshed it and then scored a penalty so I was like have I really missed anything like no no, no I, I, I don't know I do think it is like the English press do have something against the England team or they try and bring them down as much as possible like, I don't, sh- I'd love to know if that happens elsewhere I, I think it must do but, but not to the extent I don't think I think we're quite bad at it <laughs> like yeah, I don't. I like don't the, think it's the, the like this. Like, how did you feel about Grealish? Like, I, personally, I loved the celebrations, but then I, when I realised how close it was to him being called up into the England camp, yeah, I was thinking, oh man, that's probably not the best idea. But who cares? At the end the of the day, like, oh god, like vilifying him, and it's like, oh my god, he's a kid, he's a kid. He, he, I think at the end of the day, never gonna get picked you can't celebrate winning the treble. Then why why the fuck is he doing it in the first place? I know. <sighs> I don't know. And it, it, I just and they I, can't they can't vilify uh, him for that. Like, I think like, it's it it becomes a bigger argument though, and I'd like I'd never want this podcast to be anything political or anything like that. But it's just like, but instantly him doing that, there was a there's a fraction of the media or or the public. That were instantly like, well, what about Raheem Sterling when he got his gun tattoo? And it's like the the levels of like, well, um, Sterling was vilified, but Grealish is a bit of a drunk, so let's like, like he's a bit of a jester. Mm. So, but then obviously it's like the different races, and then that comes into it. And I was just like, oh man, he's he's none of that's been in his mind. His mind is when I've just won a treble. I'll probably never ever do this again. Yeah. I'm enjoying myself. And did he go a little bit too far? Yeah, but, but did he hurt anyone? No. Was he ever really going to play in that game? No. None of the no. other Man City's players did, did they? No. I, just, I don't know. I just I, I, like this little bit in between the season and being internationals. I just think it's it's dull. It's really I mean, dull. Essentially, the press are having a slow news day and they're trying to make something up to make it bigger than yeah. it actually is. And I think that's that's what happens with England all the time. If England are doing well, they will find something. To bring them down, like and yeah, I don't particularly like that. That that is something that needs to go, as far as I'm aware. But yeah, I tell you what, I have enjoyed though. And for anyone not listening, well, for everyone listening to the podcast, there's a I know I got that the wrong way around. For anybody listening to the podcast, uh, Matt has got a Scotland shirt just above his uh, 
right shoulder. And I think out of all the international stuff that's gone on, that has got to be one of like that, like it's crept under the radar. Maybe outside of Scotland, it's crept under the radar. But like they're on some run. They like, are. What's that? Three, three on the bounce, beat Spain. Yeah. Beat Norway in like dramatic fashion. Did you, did you see any of the game? Uh, I watched. Well, I was on the phone to my wife's mum, <laughs> <laughs> obviously from Glasgow. And yeah, yeah, there was a lot of screaming going on. So like, <laughs> Matt has got for for anyone who doesn't know, Matt's got Scottish in laws. So yeah, yeah. So there was a lot of screaming going on. So I think it's more like, um, <laughs> yeah. What what the second goal was class? Yeah, like not taking anything away from Scotland, like because they 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 defended well. The, the the dug in, they went a goal down, but then Norway just seemed to like run out of ideas and just looked. Leggy, really, really leggy, and not surprisingly. I think, and then the their second with... goal for Scotland was just quality, like the the movement and the play when it and the, the perfect like layoff for, for so it's, it wasn't for Dykes. I think it was the second one. I can't remember who scored the second one now. Off the top of my head, yeah, it curled it into the far post. It's just like quality goal. It's like are they like picking up momentum just at the right time? Because they, they now seem to be like they've really struggled obviously to qualify, and then they're sitting top of the group. Playing yeah. good football that suits them as a team that looks strong. Yeah, I I think they they probably will. I mean, it's Euro twenty twenty four qualifying. Mm. They should qualify, so the top two teams qualify. So mm. winning your first three games, only conceding one, scoring seven. I mean, comfortably beating Spain two nil is insane. But then, like, even that. Even that Norway, you have to think who's in that Norway team as well. You've got Haaland, you've got Erdegaard, you've got yeah, all sorts of players in there. And you think, like, the kid that from Norway team should Norma. be doing better than they are. <laughs> like, they've always, yeah. they've had the players, but they've just been a bit crap. <laughs> like, uh. you, you'd think they're doing, but then Scotland beating them, like, in dramatic fashion as well, like, fair play. Like, you think nine points. Yeah. Second place in that group is Georgia on four. <laughs> so you think yeah, like, they've got games in hand as well. So like Norway, to be honest, Norway are up against it now. They've only got one point in their first three games, Norway, mm. and that was against that was a draw with Georgia. So I think Scotland have got to play now. Georgia, Norway, yeah, all, they've played Cyprus already. So yeah, it's yeah, it's a case of like if they get if they beat Georgia twice. You're on 15 points, and you probably at that point you're probably safe to finish in that top two and qualify. Yeah, I would say. So I think they they got well, a good put in. I hope they do because it'd be good to see them qualify and have England knock them out again. <laughs> <laughs> that'd be lovely, wouldn't it? <laughs> uh, that'd be canny. But in terms of international football, I've really not paid attention. Um, I'll probably watch the England game during the week, but. Macedonia, yeah, isn't it? we'll see what happens. But uh, I think we'll take another short break now, Matt. Uh, and yeah. when we come back, we can talk about one of my favourite things that did happen during the international break. Sounds good, mate. And we're back. We are back. So back. I'm, I'm, I'm not going to pretend that I sit and watch all of the AFCON games, but... <laughs> Uh, I've got them diarised, but um, Serge Aurier, have you seen his own goal or not? I haven't seen it. You'll have to my, describe it. 
Oh my god, it's so so good. I saw like at first I just saw him trending. Trending, I thought he was going to be like, oh, he signed for somebody because he's at um, where is he at? He's at Forest, isn't he? Mm-hmm. And uh, oh my god, I want I want to see he's had an absolute nightmare. But I th- if if I was him, I'd have probably started like a cheeky when no one was looking. Like get in, get in. <laughs> it's like the ball gets lumped forward. He must be. Online with the edge of the 18-yard box from about 20 to 25 yards out. The ball comes over, the striker or the winger is running up against him, and he, like, dives and volleys it in midair, <laughs> loops over the keeper into the far post, and in. Uh, just got us thinking, that is one of the best-owned goals I have ever seen scored. And then it made me think about all of the times I've seen... A brilliant own goal. So, my favourite own goal. Your and favorite. it's <laughs> Yeah, my favourite own goal. And drilled into us, and again, as a Southern fan, there's plenty to choose from, but was the first of an 8-0 thumping we received off Southampton when we were in the Premier League under Gustavo Poyer. This, this I, I mean, it's it's... If you're not, even if you don't have to be a Southern fan and remember it, because it's just it was played that much because it was yeah. so shockingly good. Like the ball again, like he, he he's playing right back, so he's on the edge of the 18 yard box. They've got it on the the far side, and they come it comes across, and it's like chipped in, and it's it was bizarre because he was he was so good with the ball at times, like on the in confined spaces he could do like a couple of touches and he'd be away he didn't he wasn't fast or anything but he was so good at controlling the ball and the only thing i can think is is that in his mind he's thought i'm good enough to clear this ball with the outside of my foot rifle it up the pitch and it'll go down the left hand channel part like opposite to him but it couldn't have gone any worse for him it's come off his instep and flown straight past minoni into the bottom corner from about 20 yards out it's one of the best Worst things I've ever seen. Absolutely. Unbelievable. So it got me thinking, what's your favourite own goal? Favourite? Yeah. Uh, The one I I really remember is the um, Chris Brass one. Oh, yeah. Yeah, for Barry. Remind everybody about Chris Brass. (laughs) When the ball ball comes in, he kicks it into his own face. (laughs) Trying to clear it. (laughs) (laughs) <laughs> it goes to the corner. I think that has to be one of my favourites, to be honest. Like that's, that's... it's just comedy. It is pure comedy. Like if when I was younger you get all these like I mean it was two thousand and six, but like you remember like you used to get these DVDs of just like comedy goals and everything like that. And it was uh-huh. always on one of them. Absolute <sighs> clangor, weren't it? <laughs> but I mean, in the interest of all red kick clearance, oh, no. <laughs> like... the, I mean, there's the, there's loads. There's the uh, there's the famous one. What's his name? I can't remember. But it was uh, in the nineties where he he kind of chips it over a couple of players and then heads it over his goalkeeper. Mm. I mean, that's going to be up there. But what surprised me is uh, I did a little research. So I've, it's another. We need like another. Um, piece of music so it can intro Gary's insights as we'll call them so Gary's insights uh, the most own goals scored <laughs> nah drum rolls are lame but uh, most own goals scored by a player now who do you think 
it is it's not restricted to the English league, but it's English footballers. Who do you think has scored the most own goals? Do you want to do you want to know how many they scored? And it'll might yeah, help yeah, you think. On. Scored ten own goals. Oh yeah, I, I think I know this anyway. Is it Richard Dunn? It is indeed. It was in the, then, the back of my head somewhere. The the, the person he's he joined second really, but I'd never would have thought him because he was just an absolute like legend of the game. Centre half, he scored eight own goals. I'm not sure. Do you want us to help? Do you want to clear yeah, who did he play in for? a region? He played for Milan. Eight own goals? What, Maldini or someone like that? Not Maldini. You're on the right lines, though. Not of that eight. Well, yeah, he's played with them, but like, you th- when you think of a foot, like, a, he's a defender. Like, they're all yeah. defenders. Milan, red and black. Yeah, I'm trying to think. You'll have to put me on my misery, Gary. Franco Baresi. Really? Wow. Yeah. I know. I just thought, like, because he's, like, so good, like, he, he didn't have it in a score, an own goal, but, like, the fact he'd scored eight, and then it's Ricardo Ferry, and then the rest of the list is um is all English players. A lot of them are Liverpool players, weirdly. <laughs> well, I say a lot. Yeah, the, well, there's two Liverpool players. So, do you want us to go through the rest of the list? Yeah, go for it. So, Martin Skirtle and Jamie Carragher both have seven. <laughs> um, Phil Jagielka has seven as well. I was thinking Liverpool, but I was like, I was thinking City there because of I know he plays for Everton. Well, played for Everton. Yeah, yeah. Then you've got Johnny Evans, Wes Brown, Ryan Shawcross on six and although he's joint on six I just remember him scoring own goals all of the time and it was Frank Sinclair he scored an absolute <laughs> screamer as well where he's not looking and he's, he's caught the ball and he plays that lined uh, pass back and just leaps yeah. it over it's a Flowers or Walker I can't remember who's in goal and it's just like my god mate <laughs> like you know, it's, uh, it's like the one Lee Dixon did something similar as well yeah, over yeah. Seaman that no look back pass but like when you're passing the ball back, like wouldn't you think like you would just roll it rather than like putting this lofted ball over the top of your yeah, goalkeeper like, when you go back to the goal? Back to him. <laughs> Unbelievable, man. That's but, yeah, a, there's a list, though, isn't it? I know. I mean, to be in company of uh, <laughs> Frank Olberese, you you must be doing something right, but clearly not. <laughs> <laughs> you're scoring own goals. <laughs> like, I've written, li- 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 listen to this. So for Richard Dunn. No player has put the ball into his own net more times than the former centre-back Richard Dunn. He netted 10 own goals over the course of his career, having played for teams such as Man City, Everton, Villa, QPR. The Irishman is the individual who has netted the most own goals in the Premier League. A four-time Man City player, Dunn also won English First Division title during his time with the Citizens as well. And there you go. And I think, Matt, with that knowledge bomb <laughs> I'm ready to call it a day yeah I think so you've had to see throat that knowledge bomb of Richard Dunn being an absolute <laughs> baller when it comes to scoring his own net <laughs> yeah <laughs> like, here's to you Richard Dunn 
But uh, thank you so much, everybody, for listening, Matt. It's been Indeed. a pleasure as always, it and has. I'll catch you. I'll catch you again next week. Eh? Yeah, I'm sure you will. And then I'm going to start the music in a minute, but try not to put it in too soon. <laughs> <laughs> the outro music. But yeah, um, we'll catch you all next week. Have, have a wonderful week and whatever. And um, I hope you enjoyed. Again, any feedback would be great. And yeah, take it easy, everyone. Thanks for listening Bye, to Football Bloody Hell. Bloody Hell. <laughs>